feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. Yeah, I'm disappointed, you know, we've got ourselves in front, we're playing very, very well and we've given away two really sort of poor goals from our point of view. And it's another draw and the draws have really damaged us this season, it's been too many. Disappointed with Scott, losing his discipline. Hopefully the boys are ready to go and give a 90 minute performance against a Ross County team that should be confident and on the front foot after their results. The Bull Radio Football Show. With Paul Cooney, Leanne Crichton and Marvin Bartley. With OPC Energy Limited, the renewable energy specialists. Call 0808-1717-700. Good evening and welcome to the programme. The next two hours, all the chat on the football. So the Celtic fans, the misery continues. A share of the points last night at the Tony Macaroni Stadium. The Livingston captain Marvin Bartley is with us. The Scotland and Glasgow City star Leanne Crichton too tonight. You can call them on 0808 17 17 700 and me, Paul Cooney, looking forward to speaking to you in the next couple of hours. Well, you have to go back to the year 2000 where both of you just born round about then when Celtic last went four matches uh, without a win. A long, long time. Marvin, you played against Celtic on Saturday. You were there last night, obviously rested for the cup semi-final. What did you witness last night? Is it it's it's all over for that era with Celtic? Would you say? Yeah, I think um, I think whoever's going to be the manager going forward, there needs to be a change. Um, you know, especially playing on Saturday. You know, they brought in a couple of squad players, obviously because of the COVID stuff. But you know, I don't think those boys really took their their opportunity. You know, um, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, it's a weakened team and whatever else." But they're bringing in a twenty-one-year-old, so if you you know, you should be ready to play. Not that you've had a bad game, um, and also obviously Mikey Johnson at front, but. Yeah, they just don't don't seem like the same Celtic anymore. I think it's clear for everybody to see that. You'd be pleased though last night, you know, with seven changes, David Martindale, what is in the mix there? What's what's he, what's he giving you all? <laughs> Listen, it's fantastic, you know. Um it's it's been difficult for the boys who've been sitting on the side, you know, as everybody knows when when teams winning nothing really changes, but made seven changes yesterday and the boys took their opportunity, you know, and I've always said this at Livingston we have a, a lot of players around the same sort of level, so we're not really weakened by the changes, but I said, you know, it's fantastic to watch the boys go in yesterday and put that performance in. Leanne, 2-2 last night. What did you think when you saw after the big media conference on Monday, it's rolled on all week. What did you expect and, and what did you think last night afterwards? Uh, to be honest, the game probably panned out kind of the way most would have expected it. I did think that one Celtic get their noses back in front that perhaps it would be the night that they would go on and, and clinch all three points but again you could never write Livingston off I've watched them over the, the last number of weeks the, the performances that they've put in the results that they've got it's not by flukes not by chance you know that they're, they're working hard and it's all come together and I'm sure Marv can feel that within the dressing room but certainly after the week it had been for Celtic absolutely it needed a performance it needed a result um, it needed something to galvanise the supporters and everybody that's watched on it and judged from the outside in and I don't think we got that they didn't get it last night. What do you think is going to happen? There's been so much said about what Celtic will do, what they should do. Uh, for Neil Lennon, it's really tough. Personally, it's difficult. He didn't do the interview in Sky. El, El Yanoussi did beforehand. He was interviewed in the Beeb. Um, I think I, I read it. It was quite lengthy. And at the end, he said, well, I've had enough on that, basically, and moved on. And in some ways, I can understand that. Um, but it, it, how much pressure do you think he's up? What do you think the club should do now? 
he'll be, he's under enormous pressure. You know, let's not make any mistakes about this. This is the biggest year in the club's history, you know, and certainly in a long, long time. This has been the best chance that they've probably had at, at going and clinching 10 in a row, certainly off the back of how other teams have performed in the last number of years. But what Celtic have got now is a decision whether they, they look after the individual that is Neil Lennon and they look after their member of staff that they've got that leads from the front and he's always done that he'll never shy away from we've seen that with his press conference earlier in the week but I think now you need to look after him um, I don't think he looks in a good place when you hear him speaking I don't think he, he sounds like he's in a good place I think the club have got a huge decision to make because what you need to do is accept that this title this year is gone uh, and you look to rebuild you know you look forward and that's not been disrespectful to Neil Lennon in the job that he's in um, but what it needs is change because even last night I know there's changes in that team but looking through it, they had a strong side out mm. last night you've got two up top and El Yunusi and Griffiths you've got Turnbull in there, McGregor, Sorrell Christie, Taylor, Duffy, Beaton Ayer, that's a strong Celtic team so why are they not performing you know, and you cannot change 25 players so the reality is you need to change one person and that's got to be the manager And when you look at the budget compared to Livingston and you're on such a roll that must be difficult to do that, does that affect your players, does it give you more determination to do well when you're playing against the big two? Yeah, I mean it's, it's a cup final you know, um, for us smaller clubs playing against the big two it is a cup final but the flip side of that, you know, the big two have to deal with it mm. and, and realise when you do put on, you know, the, the, the blue of Rangers or the green and white of Celtic that you have to go and perform. And as Leanne touched on there, you know, it's, it's not been happening. So something does definitely need to change. And, you know, I've played against Celtic on numerous occasions since coming up here and it, it was strange on Saturday. You know, McGregor was trying to galvanise the boys and and he's not asking them to do things that, you know, players can't do. He's asking them to run more. He's, you know, he's asking them to, to press more. And, and these are the basic things, you know, when you put on that shirt, that, that should be the, the given, you know. Not everyone can perform well every week, I get that, but you can put in 100% effort and I really didn't feel that the Celtic players uh, were doing that on Saturday. And that's not down to the manager, it's down to you as an individual, um, you know. So I, I think some of the players need to look at themselves because, as I said, I felt sorry for McGregor. He's trying to do his own job and also do other people's jobs by getting them going and he probably wasn't helped by a few of the other experienced boys because it almost seemed like, let's look after myself here and, and nobody else. And I think that's probably the false illusion that people are under now when you look at that Celtic team and you assume that there's experience throughout it and you've got players there that have gone the course. Actually, you've not really. What you've got is still a really good team. But when you, your likes of Scott Brown doesn't start, when you don't have a Fraser Foster in goals that knows how to make big saves and comes up with special moments, the backline's changed constantly throughout the season there's been no consistency you've now got a player in Callum McGregor who's super talented we've seen it on the international stage as well he's now developing a different role in that team to almost accommodate other players now he's sacrificing his own performances which I get at moments in your career you probably need to do that but I think he's too young to be doing that mm. he's a player that should be getting the, the leash let off him and go and play and go and perform whereas he's now the guy that's having to plug gaps plug holes play in the left play in a holding mid row then you're up you know you're playing off the, there's no consistency with players performances um, and certainly a few big players they need to look at themselves because they've clearly let the team down this year as well yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, everything Leanne's saying, and you know, I know Neil Lennon as a manager because I've had him, and he's a great believer in you know players win games, tactics don't. But when you've got you know two squads like Rangers and Celtic who are very even, and and one's probably been given a lot more information in regard to tactics, and the others aren't, you, you can see the difference now. There's a twenty point gap, and you wouldn't say there's a twenty point gap between the two squads. 
Um, it, it almost seems that you know Celtic are basically trying to play off the cuff. Where you look at Rangers and you can see the rotations and exactly what they're trying to do. Celtic just seem like you know eleven good players are put out there, and, and let's see what happens. And you know football's evolving, and you have to kind of evolve with the times. And I just feel I, I feel there's a bit of blame on both parts. I think you know the management team and, and also the players. And you know at this moment in time, it's not working. So they're not getting the drill, getting the instructions that they need, no matter how talented you are. Well, if they are getting the instructions, you can't see it on the pitch. As I said, you know I, I watched them uh, last night I played against them on Saturday and I, I didn't really get how they were trying to score last night I didn't get what they were trying to do other than a special moment from special players you know there wasn't there wasn't the rotations that you see at Rangers as I said with the fullbacks pushing forwards and the centre midfields coming to the false fullbacks and you know and the, the wide players coming into the number 10 positions there was none of that I didn't know what Celtic were trying to do other than having good players out there you know Christie tried for a bit to try and get on the ball and do stuff and El Nusi was, was a handful um, but like you said McGregor was just trying to do everything you know he's trying to talk other players through the game and also pick up the ball and drive with it himself and like Leanne said he, need, he needs some help in there and you know I felt sorry for him and, and Turnbull and a couple of others yesterday This was Neil Lennon after the 2-2 draw Yeah I'm disappointed you know we've got ourselves in front we're playing very very well and we've given away two really sort of poor goals from our point of view and it's another draw and the draws have really damaged us this season it's been too many And Marvin you said on Saturday you, you could see Callum McGregor and the influence he was having and having to push other players well the manager spoke about him last night Great game you know I thought there was a lot of good performance I thought Elianusi was very good as well and I thought we, we came out in the second half with you know, real fortitude and we worked the ball into great areas and we couldn't find the final ball or the finish you know, we worked with our goalkeeper you know, made a couple of great saves and we were well on top and for some reason first attack that we have you know, was, was switched off you know, a couple of the boys have slipped maybe the conditions played a part in that but yeah, I'm bitterly disappointed that we um, didn't win the game and uh, as well he did he started off there about Callum McGregor uh, and it started off Marvin uh, the way that has so often a silly error uh, Duffy making a tackle that he didn't need to t- make properly and then they just didn't defend the free kick from Serrano yeah they didn't defend it well at all um, you know obviously from our point of view it was fantastic from Kieran Brown to get yeah. the header in but he was yeah. free in the box yeah. you know, and, that, and that can't happen and you know we were speaking about it yesterday you know if somebody cuts you open as a team and, and scores a great goal then fair enough but a set piece like that and you know Celtic were a big team yesterday you know they they, yeah. they had a big side out there and they needed to deal with that better and it just it just seemed that nobody was taking lead back there you know nobody was calling the line nobody was you know pushing people about and it just looked like they, as I said, they're playing as individuals rather than as a team. That's what, yeah. I think they've just struggled to adapt this season because I, I look at um, Ayer, for example. Mm. I think the other week in the Old Firm game, he's a player, he, he blocks a challenge and he, he jumps up and he celebrates it. He's lost his man last night. Mm. It's the basics. Yep. It's the basics of the game. Defend, pick up, you're, you're an edge of your 18-yard line, on your box, defend, track your player and do the basics well. Whereas I think f- for too many... Seasons now, players like Ayer, they do thrive on the crowd, they do thrive on the reaction and the response. And if that's in another game or in another moment where you get that buzz or you make an early tackle, they thrive off of that. Whereas they don't have that now. The only people that are watching are the people that are sitting at home, either supporting them or judging them or criticising them and critiquing them. You need to do the basics of the game well. Ayer's more interested in, I think, looking beyond his Celtic career, how good he looks in the moment, and he actually switches off. He's not doing the basics of the game well, like many of the Celtic players are not. Do your own job, do the basics well, and everything else becomes that little bit easier, whereas you've got some guys not taking responsibility, and then you've got other players like Callum McGregor that are taking all the responsibility, and you can see that weight shown 
on the way that he performs now. All right, Celtic fans, what do you think? You can call Marvin Bartley, Leanne Crichton and me, Paul Cooney on 08 08 17 17 700 on Glasgow's own Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. And we're on the socials and loads coming in on the socials at Go Football Show or text your message Go plus your message to 87474. And we haven't yet mentioned Scott Brown, who uh, that was a short appearance, wasn't it? Uh, Marvin, could you believe it? With his experience... You know, have you seen the the, the, the meme going round about his uh, the heat map on <laughs> Scott Brown today? It's on and straight back off from the the touchline. But uh, yeah, he's sh- that shouldn't be happening, should it? No, not from someone as as experienced as him. I think there's, there's obviously an element of frustration, probably not just last night, but with what's been going on yeah. and how the team's been performing and and you know, kind of the the abuse they've been getting for not performing from their own fans. And you know, Scott Brown will know he's he's let his himself down, he's let his, his side down, he's let his manager down. Um, you know, I know he's normally a physical player, but you know what he did yesterday was was just uncalled for. You know, and it's not something you normally see from him. And and if he's cracking under the pressure, you can only imagine what the other boys are feeling like. And I can only imagine what it's like at training and whatever else. But you know, Scott Brown, as I said, will, will definitely knows that his side down, and and he'll be regretting that um, almost instantly after doing it yesterday. Was that the ten days pent up in the house, and then only coming on, you know, in the second half, Leanne? Not making excuses, but uh, you just can't believe it with no, his experience. No, I think for Scott Brown now, what he's at a stage where he's he's carried the responsibility of that club, and he's been at the forefront of every bit of success that they've had over the last nine seasons um, he's been outstanding as a captain and as a player and I think now what you can see in him is that he doesn't get to play the same part on the pitch which is how you influence games and how you influence performances but he's off the pitch he'll still be being asked to carry the responsibility he's the go-to guy he's the person in the dressing room that's expected to galvanise these players that don't perform even in the moments that he's not actually performing that well himself I think it was just absolute frustration he came on looking to do what he's done on numerous occasions where he comes on and makes an impression he gets the players going around him he's tried to be a bit cute and a bit smart and provoke uh, the opponent and he's been caught short but you know it's a silly silly error in his behalf um, more an embarrassing one for him I think because to, to trudge back off and to drop the points it's, yep. it's not a good look so this weekend, your dressing room, there's, uh, you know, there's it's a strong squad. That's evident. You've been the story of of the season uh, away from Celtic, obviously, and Rangers doing so well. Rangers not playing now till the weekend. Celtic have a, a gap now after last night, mm-hmm. but Rangers play Ross County this weekend and Aberdeen Motherwell in the league, and then Saturday St Johnson Hebs, your old club, Marvin, and your own Livy leading them out against St Mirren in the cup semi final. So uh, young Brown must have been pleased to get the goal last night, Kieran Brown. Yeah, yeah. he was delighted. Um, I, I don't. Don't know how he scored because in training he misses for fun so you know he got a goal yesterday and an assist so he came off the pitch giving it the big one to me but no it's fantastic to see you know brilliant to see Kieran's yeah. a fantastic player and he's kind of been in and out I know the last couple of games he started but you know he's had to buy his time on the bench um, as he said the squad is very very strong so no I was, I was delighted for him yesterday and Jay Emmanuel Thomas what a brilliant name <laughs> Jay Emmanuel Thomas what, and, and what a goal yeah oh, he was great yeah. but I had concerns in the first half when he was slotting in at right fullback. I must say yeah. I thought this is going to be a long night for him because um, he certainly doesn't I don't know if he's quick when you see him close be. up but <laughs> when, I, when I've been out at Livy games this season um, he certainly he links the game very very well his physicality's you know it's hard to match but fair play to him you know he kind of slotted in a couple of positions yesterday and eventually got his goal and that's what you need to do you need to put yourself in the right spot at the right time and sometimes they come off and, and other times they don't but he's very good and I listened to his post-match interview as well I thought he spoke really well What was the manager saying afterwards then? He was delighted um, you know he was delighted as I said we made seven changes and for those boys to come in and, and, and do what they did it's obviously given Davy um, a headache for Sunday 
Um, so yeah, he was he was he was delighted with them. The first half or the first twenty minutes of the game, he wasn't too happy with, and he let them know that at half time, um, in no uncertain terms. But yeah, at the end of the game, he, he was absolutely delighted, and we had Effie Ambrose dancing in the change room after. Um, that's 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 what's yeah. been happening, you know. It's, yeah. The sun beat and run. He's been dancing. He's got his song on, and he he's been dancing in the middle of the lads. So it's been brilliant. What's his song? It's called Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's just um, some uh, Afro beats it is. So yeah, yeah. Effie gets uh-huh. in the middle and does his thing. Uh, it's been some season for him as well. I mean, he's been around forever, hasn't he? Uh, you know, his time at Celtic. It's been unreal, yeah. but it yeah. just shows you how quickly football can change yeah. because there was a period, probably, you know, six to eight weeks where I was out, covered a lot of Levy games and the same kind of feedback. It, it was always, they just don't look like Livingston that we've known defensively. Even Kieran Brown's a player that... For me, he wasn't doing the basics of the game well. A couple of goals that you said lost, you're, you're going, that's just switching off. There's no desire and tenacity to go and win it and, and do the right things. But credit to him, and that's sometimes what it takes, is just a, a small change, you know, to get the players going, to realise that they're all in it together, fighting for one another. As Marv said earlier, there, there's a level at Livy. It doesn't matter how many changes you make, it's yeah. kind of the, the same standard, the player that you're getting in the same performance, which is sometimes good because... At least what you see is what you get. You know, you're you're never too far from uh, where you want to be, and I think it's been great. What a turnaround in the season! And as I say, there's nothing better than an underdog, if you like to say, um, going on. And it's just ironic, even listening to David Martindale mm. his interviews, yeah. and he just it's speaks, an honesty, isn't speak, it? Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. It's honest, and the performances are honest, um, and the celebrations. That I mean, that's great. Big Effie in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> Does the manager go on quite a lot at halftime? You say, hey, Gaffer, we've only got another couple of minutes. We've only got 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. He, li- he likes to hear his own voice, I think, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Normally he's shouting at me, but yeah. no, listen, he's, he, like Leanne said, he's been brilliant since yeah. taking the, the job. Um, yeah, but at halftime he can give you a bit of a rollicking. But as Leanne said, that sums him up perfectly. He's such an honest guy. And people think that's a, that's a basic thing in life. In football, it's not. You know, he tells you it how it is and, you know, he gets on with it and stuff in training and he demands 100%. You know, and that's what I think probably the main thing that's changed we give 100% and if we are to lose a game which we will um, you know we will go losing the game the right way and given 100% and that's all we can do as a football club because as individuals we're not stars but as a team you know if we play the way that Livingston want to play um, you know we'll win more games than we'll lose even like that game last night you have went ahead then you have went behind and I think a mindset maybe the past you would have went it's inevitable, you know. Yeah. We had our chance; it's gone. They've got their noses in front. Yeah. You know, let's try and just see the game out almost, and don't concede anymore. Whereas you're going, no, listen, we can, we deserve something from this game. And then, especially when Brown gets sent off at two-two, you actually would have been the favourites to go and nick the three points mm-hmm. if anybody was was going to grab it. No, exactly, and I think that's a part of the Celtic thing as well. The fear factor has gone from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we went to, to to Celtic Park at the weekend and. We thought we could win the game, you know, yeah. regardless of the changes that have been made. And we know, obviously, they had to make a couple of changes, but we, f- we felt we could win the game. Again, seven changes for the game and all their players back. We felt we could win the game. And the fear factor kind of gone from them. And, you know, you think if you do go out there and you do play well, you're going to get something out of the game. And that's the first time, this is the first season since me being up here and playing against them, that you actually felt that. Because normally it's like, you know, you need some of their players to have a bad game. Mm-hmm. You need to be at the top of your mm-hmm. game. Now you think, listen, if we go and play well, we're going to get something yeah. from this. All right. It's Marvin Bartley, Leanne Crichton and me, Paul Cooney. Uh, we're on till 7, 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Loads on the socials as well at Goal Football Show. And we're going to speak to Eamon Brophy, who moved recently, as you know, from Kilmarnock to St Mirren. He's joining us very shortly. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Paul Cooney with Leanne Crichton and Marvin Bartley, the skipper of Livingston. What a big weekend for him. And Leanne, if only the fans were there, can you imagine it for the two semi-finals? Uh, Aberdeen-Motherwell is uh, the league match on Saturday, as is Rangers against Ross County. 
and St Johnson against Hibs and Livy against St Mirren it's a shame we're not at the matches it yeah. is absolutely because it's one of these ones that it probably doesn't come round too often for, for clubs that are involved um, but listen we're used to it now we're, I'm sure the players will, will be over the fact that there's no fans here and I'm sure it will still be a proud moment Marv are you looking forward to just walking the team out and giving it your best yeah exactly like you said it doesn't come around too often and especially with the four teams that are left normally you can have one of the, the big two left in it so one opportunity I think you know all four clubs think they can actually win the competition mm-hmm. and you know I don't remember the last time that happened and so yeah I, I can't wait you know the, the boys are buzzing for it and we have been probably for the last couple of weeks and we try to keep an eye on the next game and, and give it that talk but listen since we, we, we got even that gives you that edge though because you yeah. know you've got that coming so the performances you see like um, it could be one or two changes in personnel and it's like I want to play give me that shirt for that game two cup finals and you've got a trophy yep. brilliant we'll go into the St Mirren camp yeah. now Leanne uh, on the line delighted to say the St Mirren the new St Mirren striker Eamon Brophy is joining us Eamon good evening good evening how are you doing yeah we're good how are you yeah, great, thanks. Thanks very much. Leanne's here with me, Paul and Marvin Bartley. You'll be Hi, up against even, each are other. We? Yeah. Yeah, all good, all good. It's been quite a few weeks for you, quite a whirlwind, you know, didn't feature much this year at Kilmarnock, uh, international player. Uh, you were going to go later in the season, but it then all happened and you're now at St Mirren. How are you settling in? Yeah, settling in brilliant. Um, as you say, I sent a free contract there and I wasn't expecting to get it done it's in this window, but I'm delighted it has and I say I'm just getting the head down, working hard, and hopefully help the team. What are the difference? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, I imagine it's quite buoyant there. I know it's been tough the last week or two, but it's been a really good run. Jim Goodwin's got the side really well organised. Yeah, definitely. Um, as I say, I spoke to the gaffer, and that's what one of the big pulls that made me want to go there. The way he plays, and also the team. It's a young team, and I've done excellent um, on an excellent run. As you say, I think they've only been beat three times in 17 games, so. It's been a great run and I'm just great to be, be part of it now. And Leanne, a good move, wasn't it? And people saying, well, Eamon Brophy going to St Mirren, signing a sign of the, the ambition. Well, it was a shock yeah. for me even following you, Eamon, you know, and being out at a lot of the games. I was surprised in matches that even at Kilmarnock you never played or you come on and, um, you know, your your appearances were very sparse. But I take it it's a move that you're, you're happy it's gone through and looking to kind of kick on now because it's almost been a stumbling block in your career, you could say. Yeah, definitely. Last six months, especially this season, it's been been very difficult. Obviously, Kilmarnock. I'll always be grateful for what Kilmarnock did for me. I've had a great three years there overall, but I'm just glad to um, join St Mum. I was looking after a few options, but I spoke to the manager, and I just felt this was the right the right one for me. It was a difficult decision, also at this time in my career, and I just also I felt it was the right one, and um, that's why I went there. And it's it's I think it's the first two weeks. It's it's been great. I've settled in well and. I just can't wait to get the head down, work hard and hopefully get success there. You mentioned the manager, Eamon. He's a bit of an infectious character. I always enjoy listening to him as well. What's it been like being in the door and, and being on the pitch with him? Yeah, definitely. I think he tries and gets his, his teams to play um, the, the right way to play football. He tries to get it down and play play nice stuff. Um, so it's it was a big pull for me to, to go there. Um, and as I said, it's been great to work with him and the staff so far and hopefully that can continue it's been very enjoyable so far 
Marvin, what it's like? What's it like for you coming up against Damon over the years? Yeah, a quality player. Um, you know, and we were surprised that he's not played as much for Kilmarnock because when we've always looked at doing stuff pre-match, you know, he's been one of the dangers. Um, so I've actually been happy to see you sitting on the bench, Damon. Um, <laughs> from a selfish <laughs> point of view, mate, I've been happy to see you on the bench because obviously, you know, we know the damage he can do, and you know, Seth Mirren have got a very, very good player on their hands now. Damon, see in terms, see in terms of the squad, the players that are at St Mirren now. I mean, I know you've not been there too long. It might be hard to gauge, but where would you rate them in, in terms of the decent and, and very good Kilmarnock sides that you've played in over the last number of years? Um, yeah, I think it's, um, it's difficult to compare them. I think St Martin have got a lot of young players um, coming through just now. Like, sort of like Jake Doyle Hayes have got a number of young young players. I think are very good players that can push on the next couple of years and hopefully try and push the club on. Um, Kilmarnock, it was more experienced players like Sir Chris Park, wonderful, wonderful um, player as well. But it's it's difficult to, to compare them. But hopefully we can do at St Martin what, what I did at, at Kilmarnock and try and push up towards the top end of the table. It's going to be very difficult. Of course it is, but that's got to be the aim for the club moving forward. Eamon, give us an insight working with Chris Burke because as you know he's on this uh, station, he's on go quite a lot, he's great to work with Barry Ferguson says the talent that he has and had you know, as a youngster at Rangers and uh, the, his commitment to football what did you learn from him? Was he good with you? Yeah, absolutely Chris Burke is one of the best professionals I've came across 100% and that's why he's playing playing so well at the age of 37, 38, I think he is. At 37 um, the other week. <laughs> and do you know, Eamon, it was his birthday the day before, I was the next day, and I said, oh, I'm 37 yesterday. He was like, cheers, Paul. I was trying to keep it at 36. <laughs> I said, wait till I tell you what age I am. But uh, no, he's a terrific guy. He's, uh, I was going to say infectious, he's different, isn't he? He's a uh, but, but great guy, and I'm glad that you know he was good to work with there. And he's been going on and on. At Scotland, you've got a Scotland cap, um, and you'd be love to get back into the setup with Stevie Clark. Yeah, of course I would. But at the end of the day, I've, I need to be realistic as well. I've not played for Kilmarnock in the last six months, so my focus is just um, get my head down at St Martin and try and do well there and score as many goals as I can. Help the team, most importantly. That's not scoring the goals; it's working hard elsewhere. Um, but. I just want to try and get the head down and say what card there and if that comes obviously amazing but that's not my focus at the moment mm. my, my focus is it's at Marnin and doing well there and that's the bonuses that come with doing well at your club You've played against Rangers and Celtic this season obviously Rangers dominating 20 points ahead Celtic just two games in hand you spent a time at Celtic a, a, as a boy you'll still look at uh, you'll obviously follow the scene are you surprised how the team have declined this season so so rapidly? Um, yeah, of course. I think it's a surprise to everybody. But, um, but credit to Rangers, they've been unbelievable this season. They've been great to watch as well. But yeah, of course, I'm surprised to see Celtic um, kind of fall in the form they've been recently. But as I say, it's football. Anything can happen. And they've also got still got some unbelievable players and what they've done over the last nine years, especially the last four, four, four trebles in a row. It's unbelievable. I don't think you'll ever see that again. But uh, yeah, this season has been, been difficult for them and hopefully for their sake they can get back um, to their best soon. And coming up against Rangers, you've got the Balligans, who was a good signing, uh, Goldson and Tavernier. Rangers formidable this season, outstanding. Yeah, definitely. Even playing against them, um, you feel like I've noticed a big difference in them this season compared to the others. I think they've clicked a lot and obviously that shows in the consistency this season. As I say, they've not 
not lost a game in the league. It's quite unbelievable, but that's why they are where they are. Um, a great team, and it looks like um, obviously they're going on to win the league. I would imagine so now. So credit to them. They've they've been outstanding this season, and. Yeah, they've been massively. Leanne, I'm just thinking for both gents who are on with us just now, Marvin Bartley from Livingston, Eamon Brophy from St Mirren, what a chance to get this weekend to the cup final. Unbelievable, yeah. honestly. It's, yeah. it's, well, even me, I'm, I'm jealous almost of the <laughs> fixture and the occasion. Um, right now, we, we don't have football, so I'm even more jealous and I'm kind of champing at the bit to get into any sort of football discussions and chat that I can just because I'm missing out. But no, listen, what an occasion. And as Marv touched on earlier, I mean, you must be feeling the same, that there's a real belief that any team that, that's left in the competition now could actually go the, the whole road. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, there's no any old film teams in it. Um, so I think all teams involved can feel they can, can go on and win that, actually win the competition. But obviously we've got a, a very tough game on Sunday. Livingston have been unbelievable form since the manager has changed. And we know how difficult that's going to be. But we'll go in believing, as I'm sure Livingston will be the exact same. They can win the game and hopefully get to that final. Marvin? So, Eamon, what, what are tactics for Sunday then? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we're a brand new station. Right? We're building the audience. Give us an exclusive. <laughs> are you starting, Eamon? <laughs> <You've got laughs> Eamon, in terms of your roles, um, obviously you spoke about being at Kilmarnock and now being at St Mirren. Obviously you're a striker at, and, and that's where you play, but are the roles slightly different or is it very similar what both managers want from you? Um, I think it's the player, I think, a bit different when I spoke to um, Jim and I think they like to get the ball down and play that was one of the main attractions I wanted to come come to St Martin Kilmarnock was kind of they've got obviously Nicky Kabamba like bigger big strong strikers they like to go direct which is a a good way to play as well of course but I think they play different different football and um, that's why I, I choose to go to St Martin because I feel that that way suits me a lot better and and the surface, it's not that Marv. I know you're playing in it, you know, every other week. Was was that a factor at all? Are you glad to get away from an artificial pitch, which it is the case at Rugby Park? Um, yeah, of course, I would always prefer to um, playing grass. But to be honest with you, I was at Hamilton before Kilmarnock, so yeah. Astro Grass is a whole I've ever known. Um, so yeah, it's good to it's good to um, get off that. But at the end of the day, I felt I would say St Mum was the right club for me and. It wasn't nothing to do with the grass or the asphalt. No, yeah, sure. I'm to be off Listen, it's great to hear you. And before you go, obviously Ronaldo, another milestone, what, one of the all-time great strikers. Is there anyone you look to or which strikers would you look to and say, well, it's very special and you'd like to emulate them? I'm not trying to put you in that category. You're not doing that. But, no pressure, uh, Eamon. <laughs> who, do Ronaldo. You, who, who do you look to? Um, growing up as a kid, my, my hero was um, Robbie Keane. I used to do oh, a celebration. Wow. Um, he was my hero. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, he's played at a top, top level. So he was, I used to watch Match of the Day and he was the player that always stood out to, to me. Um, yeah. So if I get anywhere near his success, I'd say I'd be happy. But, um, Eamon, I don't love it that. I'd love to be his agent if he you know, gets the signings that he got over the years. Wasn't that amazing? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Eamon, see if you score on Sunday. Any chance of replicating that celebration? Is a tribute to Go Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Marv will be absolutely fuming. It will be brilliant. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If I score on Sunday, I don't know what I'll do. I'll take the top off Neville. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're both winners, so give us a scoreline. 
On you go, Eamon. I mean, obviously, yeah, you're, you're going in to win it. What's the scoreline? What's going to happen? I'm going to ask Marvin the same. There's no way you're um, to be honest with you, I, I don't care. I just, as long as we get there, it doesn't matter how we win. I just need to make sure we're in that final. But it's going to be a difficult game as long as... As long as we get there, I don't care how we get there. Yeah, no, I agree with that. You yeah. know, it's just about getting to the final. However we do it, um, you know, I don't really mind. But, Eamon, make sure you got the big shin pads on on Sunday, mate, and I'll see you on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow card right away from that. <laughs> hey, Eamon, it's brilliant to hear from you. You're brightening people's day up, isn't it? Because look at it. You know, the sunlight's going. We're all stuck indoors. But there he is on the phone. St Mirren's Eamon Brophy. Thanks for joining us and Go Radio. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Mate. Thank you, Eamon. Top guy. First uh, time great. I've spoken to him. Yeah. No, same. First Brilliant. time that I've kind of spoke uh, properly. I thought you were all pals there. Yeah, you too. <laughs> no, yeah. no, but it was good to up for a laugh, and yeah. it was yeah. nice to hear him speak openly and honestly. Brilliant, and, isn't it? You yeah. know, he's one of these players that he, he had such. There was such high hopes for him a couple of seasons ago, and he did break into the international fold. And and you'd like to think now that it's St Mirren, he can reset, he can build under Jim Goodwin, and certainly kick on and, and make the most out of his career because it is. Short, you know, you need to make the most of it. Yeah, definitely. And he's, he's still only 24 years of age, which is amazing because, you know, he's, he's played a lot of games, still only 24. So a good six months or a good four months now and never know what could happen. But yeah, I think trying to get back on the international stage will be his kind of main target. And obviously St Mirren going to give him the minutes to do that. People coming on the social saying how much they enjoyed that there. It's great to hear <laughs> two players who will be up against each other on Sunday in a national semi-final. I know. Would you get that, that anywhere else other than I don't Scott? Think Scotland? So. I don't think you would no, get that. I know, People, I know. It's, it's yeah. that honesty, isn't it? Though it's that kind of, of just upfront honest. See it how it is. Yeah. And you know, it's out the window. Come Sunday, you'll be ignoring each other. There won't be a look or a laugh yeah. once yeah. the game's over. Right. Shake hands. Yeah. One of them's going to the final. Be great. Aron Ali Defoy, is she giving you any stick here today? Because of course she, <laughs> she is the face of St Mirren TV as well. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, not yet, not yet, but it's still a while to go, isn't there? So we'll, I'll be waiting. We'll watch the editorial control this afternoon. She's producing the <laughs> program. Don't take any water off your either. I know her game. <laughs> so ready in the program, you've heard Marvin say, look, you know, he played against Celtic on Saturday. Um, he wasn't playing last night. Rested for this weekend, but it's definitely different. It, it has the uh, Callum McGregor having to push players to close down and just do a bit more work. Does that happen? when your confidence goes I don't know is it lack of tactics who knows but it is like a changing of the guard so we're going to talk about the Celtic situation we're going to take some calls as well on 08 08 17 17 700 looking for some uh, news from Rangers as well it's quiet at the moment I think this week they can sit back get ready for the weekend for Ross County uh, we had John Hughes in the programme the other night it was brilliant to hear Yogi he's been a breath of fresh air back in, in the Premiership yeah he's been fantastic um, and the the best thing for me about Ross County is the style of play has changed yeah. almost overnight. You know, and I, I spoke to Ollie Shaw and uh, Ross Lado I've, I've played with, and he said, he's, like you said, he's been a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. You know, he's came in, he's lifted the whole place, he's given the boys confidence, and he's made them believe in themselves again. And sometimes that's all it takes because they've got good players there. They're just underperforming. So, you know, you know, I hope they do stay up and, and do do well because he, he's a manager that I do like. Ollie Shaw has new lease of life. He's yeah. great, yeah, and it's good to see because he was one of these. Were you with him? Yeah, Marv, at Hibs, yeah. yeah. And he kind of broke onto the scene. It was another young player that was such high hopes for, and he kind of was in the team. It was sub appearances. He never got any consistency, and then you thought going to county would be great for him. But the couple of occasions that I seen him, I just thought maybe he is one of these players that's just peaked too soon and, and he'll fall away. But credit to him, you know, he's he must be absolutely loving it because when somebody like 
John Hughes comes in is that infectious character he understands people though as well John people I think judge him as a, an old school character because mm. he's been about the game but he's evolved with the times he, yeah. he's in and about it was me and Marv both know the coach Ed set up he's one of the guys that you know you'll get honesty from you see the way he speaks to people he communicates well um, at all levels whether you're a young player or you're a senior player John Hughes will get the best out of you and, and you're seeing that and it, it's great you know Ollie Shaw I think is it eight goals or something like that and, and so many appearances brilliant and Ross Stewart as well um, you know he is I think they'll be trying to hold on to him during the transfer window that might be the issue for him yeah obviously his contract's up at the end of the season yep. uh, it's a difficult one because do you hang on to him and, and he leaves for free at the end of the season or do you allow, allow him to go now so you know I think that's one of the decisions they've got to make and make quite quickly because if he is to go and they are to get a fee for him then they can obviously attempt to replace him but you won't, won't want to be leaving it you know to the last couple of days because that's when you will struggle for players we're back with more after this the Bull Radio Football Show Thursday evening what a week it has been Rangers have 20 points to the good at the top of the table there's just uh, two games in it now and uh, well Rangers they would have to lose five or probably six games out of the 14 there's only 14 games left so the countdown is on now for them Celtic 16 remaining because Celtic joined 2-2 yesterday against uh, Livingston good match for the telly there wasn't Leanne but the conditions in the second half Woeful. Oh, it was yeah. unbelievable. Credit to the players actually for getting through that yeah. game because it can snow. be one hell of a distraction as well as the minutes go on and, and you start to, you know, worry about players' safety and seeing the white lines and one small error. You know, you were relying on the officials hugely last night to get decisions right, especially when the game was so tight. But no, I was glad I was in Glasgow last night for yeah. a change and uh, no West Lothian. Were there some worries that maybe if the game had uh, gone on any longer because it got really heavy in the second half, Marvin? Yeah, I definitely think that. Um, you know, I think the referee said, you know, we've got 10 minutes to go, so we'll get it played. So, yeah, if it, I think if it was going to go on for, you know, never say 10, 15 minutes after that, then, I, you know, I think we would have struggled to complete it. But as Leanne said, you know, it's brilliant that the game was completed because we need to get it out of the way. Here's a bit more from Neil Lennon after the 2-2 draw. I didn't think we looked too shabby, you know, fitness-wise. You know, I thought we were... I th- I, I, the reaction to going the goal down, and it was a poor goal, I have to say. It's really, really poor from our point of view. The reaction was brilliant. You know, with great chances. Duffer had a great chance with the header. We scored two very good goals, two great finishes. And then I thought we came out second half and looked really strong. And I thought, you know, we should go on and win the game three or four. But you always need that two-goal cushion, really, you know, against any opposition. And it's always difficult here. You know, our record's not great here. And um, again, it's... It's a game that's got away from us, unfortunately. Not too shabby. It's just not not normally what you hear from a manager. No, it, it's almost been consistent though. Like that's the, the same kind of spiel that has been getting rolled out for most of the season now at Celtic. You know, where people are a bit shocked that they don't perform or you expect a performance or you, you see people um, on the pitch and you think, you know, Griffiths is back. This this will be the night that, that things start to change. Um, Sorrow's played well, but... It was just another night of, you know, huffs and puffs and, and things not going Celtic's way. Here's Michael, a Celtic fan on the line. Michael, good evening. Good evening, how's it going? Hello, Michael. Yeah, we're fine, thank you. Uh, we've spoken to you before um, and it's got worse from Celtic's point of view. I think we spoke to you on Monday, so thanks for coming back on. We said we'd speak again later in the week. What are you thinking tonight? Uh, I just think that that performance last night just epitomised everything that's happened this season. I think... We've not been able to defend set pieces. We've uh, ran out of steam. Not ran out of steam, but second half of games, we've lost our sort of impetus. Um, stupid, silly mistakes, individual errors with Eva Scott Brown with for the for the goals, and just 
a lot of the same changes uh, as in substitutions being made that aren't really affecting how we're playing in terms of they're not trying to trying to sort of take take the game to the, the opposition. It's, I think it's very like for like. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how much of it you can take from that, but. Yeah. And what do you think should happen with Neil Lennon? Because we spoke on Monday and I think, you know, it was said that it's it's probably time now for Dermot Desmond to um, pay up Neil Lennon, to thank him and allow Neil Lennon to go on with his life and to, to start a rebuild. Is, do you still feel that way tonight? I, to be honest, like I, I was one of the people that was sort of letting him, giving him time and it was a, a bit of a rut. It was, he is, Lennon has has had a lot of bad luck this season yeah. and he's also there's been some sometimes where it's been brought on obviously been brought on ourselves like but I mean we have had to deal with a lot of stuff with COVID in terms of players having COVID and, and not through our own fault and stuff in terms of from Scottish camps coming back and other camps and and we haven't even I, I can't remember the last time we played a, 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 a 11 mm-hmm. that were none were playing out of position Mm-hmm. Like I think, like I can't remember the last time we played eleven players who were playing their 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 proper position. Marvin, well. I just, yeah, Marvin, what does that tell you about the team? Yeah. Well, you know, I think if you look at the Celtic squad and the players they had available yesterday and and Saturday, you know, they have got eleven players to play in in the right positions if they want to. Um, I think there's almost been. I just don't feel that Neil Lennon knows probably the best shape or you know, the best team at this moment in time. And it's difficult, you know, when, when teams do struggle, you, you keep trying to change things and, and you're trying to get a spark, but the spark doesn't seem to be coming. Um, I touched on it earlier in, in, in regard to the, you know, the patterns of play that you see, you know, Rangers kind of going through and, and even at times Aberdeen. I just don't see that from Celtic anymore. You know, under Brendan Rodgers, I, I think I, I saw it and they were absolutely brilliant. They're breathtaking. Some of the rotations of the midfield and, you know, the way they used to move the ball. And I know at times people said it was a bit slow because they used to go backwards too much, but you knew what they were trying to do. Um, you know, what, you know, playing against Celtic on Saturday and then watching them yesterday, as I said, I don't know what they are trying to do other than, you know, hoping for a bit of magic from some of their really, really good players. But sometimes you need more than that. You need people on the same wavelengths. And, and you know, at times, definitely recent times, I don't feel that Celtic have that. I think, sorry, Michael. Just looking at listening to what you're saying there about, you know, when they lasted probably their strongest team. But surely the old firm match, surely that was Celtic's strongest team that was out then. And performance-wise, was good, but they never won the game. So last night, it's probably no far. Edward for me was the only one missing yep. last night, and he's not hit the heights this season. So if you're relying on Edward for last season, he's not had the performances. So I actually think what you're seeing for Celtic over the last number of weeks, they've had issues granted you know I think Livingston at the weekend Hibs midweek last week they were affected in terms of team selection out with that in the last four or five games I don't know if there's been too much of an issue with squad selection Marvin yeah no and I think no matter what team Celtic put out regardless of you know the amount of people they've got missing they should be beating Hibs and they should be beating us at Livingston because because of the budgets you know you look at the budget of those players yesterday compared to ours with the players back I know that they've had one or two missing and again on Saturday you know it dwarfs ours massively you know so something isn't right there and you know as I said you can blame the manager to a certain degree but also the players have to take some responsibility Michael yeah, and I understand. Yeah, to be honest as well, I think it's just chalk and change in terms of uh, chalk and cheese between the two teams that played last night. In terms of what you where you have a a mentality of of working together, playing together, knowing how each other play, and as uh, uh, Marvin was saying about players that can easily slot in, I think 
we haven't got that sort of that chemistry this like this last couple of games. We just haven't got that where people know exactly where people are going to be running and making those moves. Mm-hmm. It it just feels and I, I, I understand what Leanne's saying as well. I mean, I, I think as well the likes of Julian being out has killed us as well as well as Edward or Edward Eddie being. He's been so in and out this season that he can't get that sort of. He was getting it a bit with Griffiths, and then we had to change our, our system to play the one up top because we didn't. Well, we had Kamala and, and Jetty on the bench, but I just think we've sort of not been able to sort of pin down that 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 formation that's working. We did against Rangers, yep. but we're getting to the point where we're trying to slot people in to make positions, if you, or not make positions, but make it work. But it. It just doesn't seem to be working, and the and everything he tries to do just isn't working. And it gets to that point where you're thinking, like, well, I think we've got past that point where where we need to sort of make the change and just make the decision. Like, I think it's it's if we had made the decision a lot earlier, we might be a lot more competitive in terms of coming to the end of the season. But we're so far be- so so far behind. It's it's now the point where. What do you do? Actually, when you mentioned Klamala there uh, coming on, we've got a lot of people on social saying when that happens, you know, it's not going to happen for Celtic. No disrespect to Patrick Klamala. But Klamala and Ayeti, you know, there's that, that money's never going to come back to the club, is it? No, exactly. And, you know, then you have to look at kind of the recruitment. I think, yep. you know, they probably need time to settle in. You know, to be fair to both of them, you know, they've, they've come from a different country and they're coming into a team that's struggling and Rangers doing so well. So, you know, I think we have to be, you know, give them a little bit of time to settle in. But they're playing for Celtic Football Club. You have to make an impact. You have to. No matter what you do, even if you come on and, and, you, and you run your heart out, I think the Celtic fans will be like, do you know what? We drew the game or we lost the game today, but everyone gave everything. How many times this season can a Celtic fan honestly say, do you know what? All of those players out there gave 100%. And that's a huge, huge problem. No matter how good your players are, no matter how much talent they have, if you're not willing to work hard, if you're not willing to match your runners, if you're not willing to you know, match the running of a team like Livingston, then you're not going to win games. It's, and it's not good enough. It's not acceptable. Michael? Yeah, exactly. Where does that come from? Where does that, 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 that desire to run and, and beat your player if you lose possession to, to run back and try and, and double up on the player or try and win the ball back? It well, comes from management. It comes it comes from the sideline. It comes from it, it it needs to be installed into the players to to do it. And if not, then there should, there should be repercussions. I think that the players aren't playing for Lee Lennon in terms of in that way. They're not. And that the, the our best manager that we've had. Brent in the last what mm. five over the last seven years has has definitely been is Brent Rogers and every, you know exactly what you got with the Brent Rogers team. Mm-hmm. You knew that they were going to work hard. You knew that they were going to. But what about their own pride? Pr- what, what about their own pride? You played under Neil Lennon. What what was the hallmark? You've told us some of it, but surely yeah. you know he, he motivated you. What, what was he like? The, the, his motivation was the best I've had from any manager. And you know I've I've worked with two managers who were talked about as being you know up there with the, the best UK managers. Neil Lennon is the best motivator I've ever, ever had. You know, so if he can't motivate you for a game, then then nobody can. But also, personally for me, nobody needs to motivate me. I'm going out there to do something that I absolutely love. So the minimum requirement from Marvin Bartley every single game is to give 100%. You're a pro. Yeah, so yeah. As, as a player, if you're not willing to do that, especially playing at a club as big as Celtic, then you're in the wrong sport. It's not acceptable, you know. We're speaking about kind of Edward, and I spoke about him earlier on in the season, um, and, and I said it felt like his head had been turned. You know, there was bids coming in and, and whatever else, and people on in, um, on social media giving it to me, saying I was wrong, this, that, and the other. And and now you can you can see I, I believe that that is the case. But 
you know, Celtic are such a big club. If you do not want to be there, and I'm not saying that he doesn't want to be there, but if any player does, does not want to be there, then go and get somebody who does. Because there's so many players in the market that would give everything to be at Celtic Football Club. So you, you shouldn't have players that don't want to be there, that don't want to run, that don't want to give 100%. Because there's, as I said, there's so many players that will give you that. And you much prefer somebody giving you 100% with a little bit less talent than a very talented player giving you 50%. Leon. I'd agree with that. I also think football's changed a lot in the last number of years, probably in the last decade, you could say, and I've mentioned it before on this show. I think now you've kind of what you've got in the Celtic dressing room is a, is a split in terms of the old crop of players that knew a way to play and that kind of transferred over from the Rodgers era into the Lennon era where they were still very dominant there wasn't too much of a challenge from outside um, they were never put under too much pressure now you've got a new crop of players that have came in that you're trying to get them to gel together the recruitment's been shocking because what you've got is players that don't fit the system yep. you know every week you watch Celtic now Marv says at the top of the show what, what are they trying to do? Sure. What is the style of play? What is their identity? Because they've lost that. They don't have that same fluidity. And that shouldn't just be because you've got two players missing that would be your best starting eleven. Um So there's a lot of questions about the club. Wow. Michael, thanks for that call. Most, more to come. Some great points there. 0808 17 17 700. Go Radio. We're back in a moment. Feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles. The near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Hope you're all staying safe and well. In these COVID times, it's really tough for everyone. The protocols are really, really tight. But uh, after Monday, I see today, Leanne, the news that the SPFL are asking clubs via the JRG, the Joint Response Group, to review the procedures and the protocols. Uh, is that after the press conference on Monday? But, you know, I think in the wider thing, they're looking at it anyway, aren't they? Are the protocols right at uh, in the Premiership and in the Championship? Yeah, I think there's been a bit of backlash in, in terms of the comments that, that Neil Lennon made and the statements that have come out from other clubs off the back of that. I mean, this should be an ongoing review anyway. You know, it's an ever-changing landscape. These things change all the time. Um of course, the joint response group need to be on top of it, making sure that the clubs are adhering to it. You know, we know as human beings, as time goes on, we can get a bit laxed with what's happening. Um, but I think the review has certainly been a response to the comments earlier in the week. And for me, I, I didn't. That was one bit of that press conference that I didn't like because you were almost throwing dirt at other people and other clubs and, and dragging other folk into that um, situation and the clubs that you brought into it are clubs that are you know they're in a really tight budget it's really tough for them you I know, think you would regret that part to, of it um, well I don't know you know I've no? not seen an apology so mm. it, it doesn't seem like they regret it you know he had an opportunity last night after the match that he could have said you know just to follow up what anybody mm. would have done so I feel for the clubs that have been dragged into it because you don't want to have that sort of limelight on you like you've not been following the rules but with the same breath if there has been a, a you know a, some of the rules that have perhaps not been followed as strictly as they should have been, there has to be that, that review and it needs to be tidied up because otherwise football um, will be in a difficult place. You know, if we don't actually get to 
keep playing football. You know, we've seen it getting stopped below the championship. It's a horrible place yep. to be in. There's so many footballers now that are, are sitting in the house doing absolutely nothing. And then we've got two divisions that are going that's keeping everybody going with the testing in place and the protocols in place. And now that's being questioned. So let's hope everything um, comes back good from it. How stringent is it for you at Livingston, Marvin? Extremely. Um, extremely. As you said, we're probably one of the, the few clubs that haven't had a, a huge uh, outbreak touch wood. So, you know, we're doing everything we possibly can. Uh, the club are always on to us to make sure we are doing it. And as Leanne said, as humans, you know, you get a bit slack with stuff and Livingston won't allow that. You know, we don't want football to be stopped because of us. And I think that's the worry for a lot of clubs. And, you know, I agree with Leanne. It's very, very difficult when you when you start saying that smaller clubs aren't doing things right. And as you said, everyone's on a tight budget at this moment in time. You know, seeing uh, Kilmarnock apply for the for the money from from the government, I think a lot of other clubs will follow suit. You know, everyone's doing their best. I really, really do, be- do believe that. And I've, I've played at St. Johnson and, you know, I don't, I don't see what was actually wrong with it. But, you know, if we have a review and, you know, we, we, we do get something improved and everyone can, you know, learn from, from each other, then fair enough. But, you know, it, it, it was awkward yep. to hear. Uh, we hear it, Sergio Aguero. Manchester City has uh, COVID. We wish him well. There's been a lot of it in England as well. Obviously, we all know this. We see it in the news. And English football has been badly affected. Yeah, um, you know, and as you said, a lot of players are catching it in England and they weren't actually testing, you know, the, the lower mm. leagues. I think, you know, they've, they've brought something in quite recently to say that they, they need to start testing. Um, you know, it was only you needed to do it for the FA Cup. And I think Leighton Orient had to test when they played against Tottenham and the game got called off because there's that many players with COVID. Um, so I think it's a learning curve for us all, you know, something new for us all. And all we can do is attempt to get better at it. You know, nobody knows the answers to everything and it's just about trying to you know, limit the risk that, that all players are putting. Here's Maka on the line. Good evening, Maka. Good evening. Good evening. How are you all? Uh, good. How are you? Um, not too bad. Nervous. Um, ahead of Saturday, obviously, uh, I'm a Sunderland and Hibernian fan, so... Um, right, yeah. So you're a uh, Hibs fan, good. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good to hear our old midfield... Um, <laughs> You know, enforcer there, Marvin Bartley. The enforcer, um, I like that. Less yeah. of the old though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm a romantic, so I keep thinking what might have been if Marvin had stayed. You know. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, you're you're a big miss, Marvin. To be honest. Um, oh, thank you. Obviously, you know you know that you were well liked by the fans, and uh, yeah, you <clears throat> you are a big miss. But hopefully, um, Jack Ross can can uh, inspire the team and get get us through to a final. Um, Obviously, I, I was part of, like, when Jack Ross was at Sunderland, I was I went to oh. Wembley twice with him. So close, um, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. so he's, and to be honest, he, he, he had a raw deal at Sunderland. I, I don't think it was as clear cut as everybody thought, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, yeah, it's, I'm glad he's still uh, still in my life, so to speak, because he's Hibs manager, so... Mm. Um, Were you always following Hibs, or are you just following Jack Ross? <laughs> no, well, I went. I went to the blind school in um, in Edinburgh. Cause I'm totally blind, and uh, I ended up getting a hip season ticket, and then um, started going to the away matches as well. And obviously, I live down here in Durham, so yeah. I travel. I travel up to all of the matches, and Brilliant. so I'm finding lock finding lockdown really difficult because ah. can't go to any Sunderland games, can't go to any Hibs games. So it's uh, it's oh. a bit hard, but it's, but shows like this keep it keep it going and. Oh, vital, it's a vital thing that he's doing, you know. Thank you, Maka. I love Sunderland until I die. That was just uh, amazing. Yeah. I think we all did. Mm. And, you know, the behind the scenes and the passion of the supporters of Sunderland is, is legendary. It's one of these, I mean, I know everyone says it. It's a massive club, though. Yeah. It, it is. I mean, but as a Sunderland fan, I wasn't a huge fan of the documentary. No. Um, Why? Because, 
Well, I think it's when it's your own club and you've been there through the season you, and, you, and you hear things again, you sort of think they're a bit like cringy. But um, I, I think as far as the passion goes from the fans, I, I get that. And we are, we will, you know, we could we would take 2000 to London on a, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you get some Scottish football fans that, that moan about having to travel half an hour to Falkirk. Yes. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? So, I do. We do. Uh, you know, but no, it, hey. it's, it's good and I'd like to see something come up, but... Just when you mentioned COVID, obviously a couple of weeks ago, um, eight of our first eleven that started against Northampton had COVID. So, mm-hmm. I, like, obviously had it, and and you know, we recovering from the virus. So it does it. It can affect you, and like Marvin say, says, it can affect you uh, the lower leagues. You know. Right, so Marvin, Leanne, what do you think is going to happen St. Johnson against Hibs? I think it's going to be a, a very, very tight game. If I'm honest, um, you know, I think St. Johnson are probably thinking, you know, they've got the style to to beat Hibs, but. You know, Hibs will be the favourite for this competition right now. You know, if, if Hibs turn up with the players that they do have, um, you know, then they can blow any of the four teams out, well, any of the other three teams out of the water, so to speak. So, you know, I think it's going to be a very, very tight game. But you know, I think I think Hibs will just edge it. Leanne? Yeah, I think the same. Yeah, I think Hibs if if they turn up and perform, which they've been probably a bit more reliant on a couple of key players this season. Um, like see a Martin Boyles, I think when he plays well and. He provides, you know, and he stretches back lines and he really gets that folk. I think he can be a huge difference. Joe Newell, I don't know if he's actually back. He picked up an injury the other week. I'm not sure if he'll be yeah, back I for that, but fit, really yeah. impressed by him this season and another player that can influence matches. <clears> but I think Hibs have managed to get a couple of good results of late. I think St Johnston went through that period where they were doing really well. Um, listen, it's a one-off game. Mm. Form always goes out the window, but I just think if Hibs produce what, what they can and, and what they have done this season, I don't think there should be a problem mm. for them. They were off the boil, Mac, as you well know, you know, over New Year there, but they seem to have come back onto it. What about Gogic the other day? Delighted, yeah, delighted. I mean, uh, His first goal. He got, yeah. yeah, for Hibs and what a goal it was as well by Ola Camso. Um, that's good that we're getting goals from different areas as well. It's not just relying on the one person. And I think one thing's got to be mentioned is obviously that Hibs have this sort of thing that they want to put right because have after getting to Hamden for the, the Scottish Cup semi-final recently um, and obviously losing out to our bitter, bitterest rivals, um, we really, you know, I think the players will be well aware of that and they'll be wanting to put that hurt behind them and hopefully it's enough to get us through to the final. Mm-hmm. I think even for Jack Ross, it's it's huge, yeah. you know, because he's a manager that that people speak about. You know, he's held in quite high regard. He's always been with success, even at Alloa part time basis. Then at St Mirren, mm-hmm. then he get the move down to Sunderland. Um, he's came back up. You know, Hibs are looking good, but they've missed a couple of opportunities this season to really capitalise on other teams around them yeah. and cement yeah. that third spot. You know, so I actually think there's probably a bit more pressure, as you say, Maka, off the back of that um, defeat to Hearts. You know, can they actually get over the line in in one off games when they really matter it's actually quite frustrating because um obviously if we're beating ross county and i know it's all ifs and buts but if we're beating ross county and, and marvin's team livingston then um which we which we clearly just didn't turn up at all that day would have been sitting second mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and it's yep. it's the fine lines isn't it it's the fine margins yeah you're just a point behind uh, um Aberdeen, yeah, a point ahead of Aberdeen. Yeah, but they've got yeah. two games in hand. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Rangers on 66, Celtic on 46, Hibs on 40, Aberdeen on 39. Davey Proven on here last week, two weeks ago, was saying uh, Aberdeen or Hibs could be going for second position if Celtic continue in this kind of form. Um, Leanne, what would you say? No, I would agree with yeah. that. I mean, at the start of the season, I tipped Hibs 
to finish third I thought in mm-hmm. terms of the recruitment I thought Jack Ross did a really good job an exciting team a good balance between that youth and experience bringing in the likes of Gogic as well um, you know a player that wasn't really spoken too much mm-hmm. about at Hamilton so I was impressed with that um, but I do I agree with Maka you know there's a couple of games that you would have expected the form that they had been in to go and uh, no disrespect to Livingston but even 3-0 it was probably a shock yeah. result for, for most people you know we'd have seen it being a closer game um, but the, the kind of went off the boil and, and then back on really impressive so for Jack Ross now it's about getting consistency with that team and making sure and, and looking up the table you know can you go and really capitalise on the fact that Celtic right now are not performing anywhere near their best Marvin that could be Hibs or Aberdeen we're talking about they're both capable of, of wonderful performances and but then often you know just the eyes off the ball and they disappoint the fans no definitely um, you know and I think looking at Hibs and, and one thing we looked at when we played them was once you got past the kind of the midfield four because they were playing a 4-4-2 you were, you're straight at the defence and you know that was one of the things we, we said if we were high energy and, and we didn't believe that they could match us in there and, and it proved to we proved to be right on the day so you know I'll be interested to see the formation that Jack Ross actually goes with um, on Saturday with Livingston obviously playing a 3-5-2 most of the time you know I don't think Hibs will want to get you know outnumbered in that midfield so I imagine he'll go with a three in the midfield as well although he's preferred the 4-4-2 this season and that's very difficult Leanne you'll know to be in there as a centre midfielder when it's 4-4-2 you feel like you're just constantly getting overran Yeah and I think what they found over that festive period was because they've got three, maybe three, four really key players that if you're burning them out every single game and you're playing a game every third day you know other teams like Rangers and Celtic and teams running a bit maybe have got a wee bit of flexibility but I think Jack Ross really relies on that core group of players so even like Martin Boyle you take him out that side mm-hmm. you take away his assists you take out the power of running that he does Um it really shows in the side um, so it'd be interesting to see I, I mean I think Jack Ross is a manager that's capable of making in-game decisions as well yeah. you know so possibly they would start with a 4-4-2 if it wasn't quite working he would happily change it and the personnel would know um, what to do but I, I think for Jack Ross it, it's a must win game for him you know two really good opportunities this season to, to go and yeah. show what he's capable of as a manager Transfer window Maka can you hold on to Kevin Nisbet? Um. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've tied him. I think we've tied him down to a contract, and I and I think it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna have to be a substantial offer from a team that um that you know that comes in to to price Nisbet out of our possession because he's vital for Hibs and and I think it's a really big week for Hibs actually when you think about it, guys, because we've got the semi final on Saturday and then we've got Rangers at Easter Road on on Wednesday in a full round of league fixtures, so. I do. I think it's a really big week for Hibs to show what they've they've got because we we all know that they've got the talent and the in abundance, and it's just a case of using it. I can't believe, Maka. I am socially distanced from the enforcer, as you described Marvin Bartley. <laughs> but I gave the league table, and I, I didn't get to Livingston in fifth position, thirty-two <laughs> points. And you know, that's been it has been remarkable. So, but we won't. Yeah. Is, is there enough praise already tonight? Hasn't <laughs> it? Yeah. 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 yeah, well played, Marvin. Well played. Yes, thank you. Marvin, <laughs> did, the good work. Marvin, did you enjoy Sunderland until I died? Did you watch it? Yeah, no, yeah. it was a brilliant documentary. Yeah, um, you know, showing the other side of football as well. Probably the side we don't get to see a lot. Mm-hmm. So you. Know, the Sunderland one was fantastic and then I also watched the Tottenham one so no brilliant yeah. stuff I love those documentaries amazing brings more people into football as well maybe as well the way they do it um, on Amazon it is phenomenal no yeah. it was great yeah. I actually listened to a, uh, an interview that uh, Jose Mourinho had done the other day and yeah. he was speaking about the one at Spurs and that he was saying he personally didn't enjoy the Spurs one just because it's almost like an invasion of your privacy he says but I can mm. understand why people in the outside love to see it he said even his daughter 
watched it back and went, oh, is that actually what you do at work, Dad? <laughs> he went, you know, like she never knew the, yeah. the detail and the in-depth information that goes into being a coach and on the pitch. And so, no, it's great access. I mean, that's what, you know, what we want to know everything. You would love to be a fly in the wall. Effectively, that's what you are with these documentaries. And Maka, good as luck. I said, yep. As I said, I, 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 sorry, as I said, I think if you're outside the club, then you know if you're not if you're not a supporter, then yeah, you like it. But mm. if you are a supporter, I mean, especially from Newcastle fans, we we got the mick taken out of us totally. You know, <laughs> telling them they, they were they were even singing at us that they seen us crying on Netflix. So <laughs> you know, That's I, never I think it's, <laughs> no, it's not. It's really not. But we we'll, yeah. we'll, we will get back there, son, and we just got to keep going. Do you know, Maka? When I saw Maka was coming on, I thought it's either Frank McAvenny, Sir Paul McCartney, or Maka who went to the blind school in Edinburgh. <laughs> uh, and you like Edinburgh? You're on Glasgow's own station but Maka you're a breath of I, fresh air yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's a great city the, I, great city I just yeah. found the show and I thought I'm going to give this oh, a listen and uh, brilliant brilliant work Maka you've been brilliant actually oh, tonight yeah, totally fantastic. up love the call and we'd Excellent. love to see Sunderland come back up where they should be championship and you know then back to the premiership Aidan McGeady was there did I see him on the other night in, uh, in the match yeah you did yeah. yeah he played on Tuesday against Plymouth yeah um, but you lost again, didn't you yeah. unfortunately 2-1. yeah um, 2-1 but 2-1. again the pitch was was bad and um, we need to sort of invest in them, uh, you know, in, in the money and getting the the pitch right because uh, we've had a, we've had a lot of rain and snow down here. So, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to Saturday because Sunderland kick off at three o'clock and Hibs kick off at five thirty. So, oh, the both worlds for me. Yeah, <laughs> my Saturday afternoon sorted. And Newcastle not doing so well, so it's, uh, it's even uh, better. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Great to hear you, Micah. Take Thank care, Micah. Thank you Maka. very much, guys. Thanks Cheers. a lot. Bye bye. Absolute gem. I, I did wonder because you know I get it. It says Maka. Yeah. I thought, well, this is a wind up. So uh, great call. You love that people yep. far and wide. You know, tuning yep. into the show and different uh, perspectives on the yep. game and different teams as well. No, it's it's excellent. So Celtic uh, without a win in four league matches and twenty points behind Rangers. That's the headline this afternoon. Um, we got back to the football last night. Ended up two two at Livingston, and the attention now goes to the weekend for Livy against St Mirren and St Johnson against Hibs in the. Fred, the League Cup semi-finals and on Saturday we've got Aberdeen against Motherwell in the league and that's a big one for both clubs we'll talk about that in a moment or two and Rangers against Ross County Motherwell look to be you know back on the way up maybe Marv we've had a few games under the new manager Graham Alexander started well yeah I played with Graham Alexander ah. uh, towards the end of his career at Burnley um, you know, and he he was always brilliant. You know, it was, it was weird because I was kind of coming in to almost replace him within the squad. Um, but you know, he he always gave me tips, and he was he's always a model professional. So it's no surprise to see him. You know, go on and manage. Um, you know, especially there, we had a difficult changing room, and you know, he said, "Listen, don't ever be like those boys. Always give a hundred percent." And that's kind of stuck with me all this time. So I'm delighted to see him doing well. You know, I spoke to Robbie Crawford as well. He's just mm-hmm. had his loan extended there to the end of the season from Livingston, and you know, he's really, really enjoying it. Um, you know, I watched also watched them against Rangers and their style of play. Again, you know, they're playing from the back and they look to have a lot of boys with confidence, and they're doing that. You know, it was bottom v top at that point as well. So you know, I think they will do very well under him. Because we don't know him so well here, do we? We do from his Scotland appearances, great penalty kick taker, but he hasn't been involved in Scotland before, but he's picking it up now, isn't it? And it's great to hear that he helped you. So you were in to replace him, but he he was really helpful. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and as I said, he seems to be doing really, really well there. And I was surprised he took the job, if I'm honest. You know, I know he lost mm-hmm. his job at Salford when he, when he shouldn't have, but, yeah. you know, he said he had a, a couple of offers down in England, but he wanted to give, you know, Scotland a try. And, you know, fair play to him, you know, because it's not an easy place to come and you know, he probably doesn't know the league as well as 
because mm-hmm. he wants to know the league. But as I said, you know, Motherwell looked good against Rangers and, you know, hopefully it can continue for them. OK, we're back with Leanne Creighton and Marvin Bartley just after this. The Ball Radio Football Show. Let's go. Go Radio Football Show, Monday to Friday. Thanks so much for joining us. We're with OPC Energy Limited. Paul Cooney with Leanne Crichton and the Levy manager. Manager? manager? Well, you are the manager of the, uh, <laughs> the reserves. news coming in, breaking news of the reserves. So, give, give me a minute. Well, he's getting ready for yeah. the weekend, isn't he? We yeah. listen to yeah. the same manager. Yeah. <laughs> he was called the enforcer earlier, and now he's a manager. If get any more, take it all. Give us a any more titles for Marv. <laughs> Reserve manager and the captain of the club, and you must be proud for this weekend to lead the team out this weekend against St Mirren in the League Cup semi-final. St Johnson playing Hibs, and in the league on Saturday, Aberdeen against Mullerwell and Rangers Ross County. We spoke about Ross County. What about Rangers? There ain't no catching them, is there? It's uh, it's going on and on. But I wonder when. Well, I suppose professionally, the club can't say anything, can they? Until mathematically, it's impossible for Celtic to catch them. Yeah, I mean that'll be the mindset of the players. You know, until it's mathematically impossible, anything can happen in football. But everybody else looking in, you know, I think I think it's over. Um, you know, Rangers are, are playing so well, and even when they're not playing well, they're they're still picking up points along the way. Um, you know, and they're a well-drilled team, you know, so, you know, I, I can't see anybody catching them. And I think Celtic have got a big job, not only this season, but, you know, next season to, to, to make sure they are a lot closer to Rangers because 20 points, you know, difference isn't acceptable. Um, but, you know, in terms of Rangers, they've been absolutely fantastic. As we said earlier, Rangers would have to win, uh, they'd have to lose five games. Six with, uh, you know, if, if the goal difference reduces that much. It's not going to happen. So, so do Celtic make the change soon? Personally, I think it would make more sense to make it now, and I can see it on both sides. With you know, if you come in and, and you're associated with this season, and you know you perhaps don't win either of the the remaining two old firm matches, you you struggle to stamp your authority. But I do think it gives you that extra bit of time and preparation and sussing out the players that are perhaps there and the ones that you would like to keep, the ones that might move on naturally, um, gives you an opportunity, kind of you know highlight some players that you would want to bring to the club so for me I think personally it would make sense for Celtic to make the change to freshen things up and and to give themselves the best chance of bouncing back next season with a strong team which they've got a a good group of players it's just putting that together on the pitch that seems to be the difficulty Um, with Rangers I also think they'll be faced with some challenges towards the end of the season because I think financially they've thrown everything at Mm this quest to stop Celtic's 10 in a row and that will come with the consequences of you know having to free up some of your your big assets Mm -hmm. come the end of the season and and these players will have have caught the attention you know James Tavenier is one that his stats I mean you look at that across Europe and what he brings to a team I think he'll be a player that maybe would have one big move left in him you know so perhaps he would jump at that opportunity or maybe he would be happy to stay and and try and build on the success that they've got this season but Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think either Old Firm side will have it easy next season in terms of, you know, giving the, the same as what they've gave this year and um, it's two kind of flip sides of the coin almost. Ian has been on the socials at Go Football Show and he's asking, Marvin, um, will a, a club from down south come in for Stephen Gerrard for next season? I mean, we all think it'll be Liverpool, but clearly not in the next year or two. Is there a danger he'll go to another club in England and the biggest league in the world? Yeah, I think I think there'll be suitors for Stephen Gerrard, definitely. Um, seeing what he's done with Rangers and and as I said in in the fashion they've, they've they've done it, but looking at it, how many how many teams in England are bigger than Rangers? You know he's at a huge huge football club, so 
no disrespect to it's got to be a toxic top six team that he goes to he can't go to Manchester United for obvious reasons um, Manchester City probably the same so I don't see Gerard going next season. Um, you know, if I was him, I'd want to build on what I'm doing now. And you know, Leanne touched on there with with players probably going to end up leaving at the end of the season. Um, but I think Rangers are, are, have got a plan together where they they'll have people ready to replace these players. Yeah. You know, if they are to lose a striker, then they've got you know other strikers within the squad now. If Tavernier is to go, I know they've got a young player coming through. They think really, really highly of, or they may be even looking at somebody else in the market that could possibly come in and you know replace Tav if he if he is to go. Um, I don't see Rangers as a club that just look at the here and now. Um, I think they'd definitely be looking at the future as well, especially when you're 20 points ahead. You can probably almost give a bit more attention to what might happen uh, going forward. And I think you can see that, you know, even with the, the group of players that Rangers have got and the players that are in, uh, on the fringes um, that have come in, like Nathan Patterson, you know, young player coming through, the interest that they've shown now in Scott Wright at Aberdeen, that that's not looking for the, the here and now. You know, that's looking with a vision that if you do lose players, you would always like to have two or three players per position that know exactly what the identity of the, the club is and what that philosophy looks like. And it becomes much easier for that transition. What you've seen with Rangers, this has not been a, a one-season job. This has yeah. been... Success and failures, uh, they've had to learn the hard way uh, along the way. So I think, you know, Rangers will be, will be on the money in terms of the recruitment. With regards to Stephen Gerrard, I personally don't see him going anywhere before he goes to Liverpool, simply because I think it would be too much of a career gamble for him. England, I think, is so difficult to predict, you know, and I think if you go to any club down there, he was always a player that one club that he played for, mm -hmm. Liverpool was his club. Um, he never wanted to ever play against them in England, so I don't know if he would want to go and manage against them. Um, I think the natural transition for him would be get success at Rangers, whether that's this season, you bring success, you deliver trophies, you build in that next year, and then you look to get that move to Liverpool when, when Klopp naturally moves on. You just said whether it's this season. Come on, Leanne Creighton, you. I mean, the title. Is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, listen, that's, yeah. it's in the bag, but yeah. I think, is that enough success, just yeah. the title? Would you want to you know, make sure you get a cup along with that? Does yeah. he see a yeah. treble being, you know, go and win everything you possibly can in Scotland? Because a player like Steven Gerrard, He's still bitterly disappointed that he never won the Premier League. Mm -hmm. That you know, mm -hmm. so yep. it doesn't matter how much success he gets, it still was never enough. Here's Regan on the line from Bailiston, a Celtic fan. Regan, good evening. Oh, hi, how you doing, Paul? Hi, good, thanks, Regan. So is Marvin. He's getting ready for the uh, cup <laughs> semi-final at the weekend. Leanne as well, missing the football just now with the women's game. Same as the first and second division not happening. But Regan, your team struggling two-two last night. Celtic fan, what are you thinking today? What should happen now? So I just want to ask uh, the, the, the the panel: Do they think the Celtic will sell any players during January? Because obviously they're, they're twenty points behind now. Mm. Yeah, would would they sell, for example, Edward or Encham or whoever? If if the big bids came in, the pandemic's affecting everyone because the league is over. Yeah, I think Edward might be the one. Um, you know, if they do get a big enough bid, but I think you also have to be careful. You know, if the club are to replace Neil Lennon. Uh, now or at the end of the season that you don't take players out of the new manager's hands um, so you know I think they have to be very very careful with that obviously every player has their, has their kind of price tag um, but I don't see them having a fire sale at this moment in time because you know until it's impossible to catch Rangers uh, Celtics still have to keep pushing on and, they st and no matter even when it is impossible they've still got to carry on winning games because you know Celtic fans aren't going to accept them you know, selling three, four of their top stars and, and bringing in kids and, and, and losing games to, you know, the rest of the league. It's, it's not acceptable. But maybe they might as well. I mean, you, you know... Oh, are you going yeah. to ask Marvin a question? 
Yeah, of course. On you go, Regan. In fact, Le- Leanne, what do you think on that about I, selling now? I think if a really interesting bid came in, they, they would perhaps look at it. But I certainly don't think it would be in their best interest. You know, I don't even think the players now are, are performing at the levels that. that would get that interest, you know, from elsewhere. And I think January will be a tough month for any club. I don't think you're going to be spending huge money unless you're needing an immediate replacement if an injury comes up, you know, possibly a, a you know, mid-table team in England that need something or a survival team that want to go and throw a bit of cash at it. But I certainly, I don't see any players moving on. Regan, what else did you want to ask? So, from Melbourne, what one Livingston player would do? Would he say could possibly move to Rangers or Celtic? Uh, 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 for, for the future? Yeah. Apart, well, well, apart from himself, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good question, Marvin. Uh, which of your players... Uh, here's a tough one for him, isn't it? Could make it at Ibrox or at uh, Parkhead? No, I think it's a, it's a very, very difficult jump to make, um, if I'm honest. And, you know, at this moment in time... I don't think there probably is a player, um, you know, within, within our squad, and that's just me being honest. Obviously, you've got Robbie McCrory on yeah. on loan at the moment from Rangers, but I, I think that that jump's absolutely massive, um, you know, and that's not being disrespectful to my teammates. Um, but I think when you know those two clubs do go and look at buying players, they try and buy players from teams playing in a similar style. And obviously, Livingston's very, very different to how a Celtic play or how a Rangers play. So at this moment in time, I don't see see anybody uh, making that step up. They probably need to never move from Livingston to somewhere else before obviously doing that. What about um, Alan Forrest? I know that I'm saying that for a, a move, but he's always a player that impresses mm-hmm. me when I see him. But perhaps consistency is the, the one thing that, that lets him down. Yeah, that's a nail on the head with Alan you know, I speak to Alan, you know, two, three times a week about it, just his confidence because he is a player with, you know, untapped ability, mm-hmm. you know, absolute brilliant player. And he is a young boy still, so, he's gonna, you know, his yeah. consistency isn't going to come just yet and he's going to have ups and downs. But, you know, when, when he's flying, fully flying, he's a, he's a fantastic player. And you're right, he is one that could go on and, and do, you know, really good things in the game. But he just needs to stop getting frustrated with himself. You know, we've all been young he, players. Yeah, yeah, he just, yeah. And he just, you know, he wants to be, perfect every week you know every training session he wants to be perfect and that's not a bad thing you know but sometimes I think he takes it to heart a little bit too much and you know he's been in and out of the team at this moment in time but yeah you know Alan's a, a fantastic player another great player you have Scott Robinson yeah he, and he's been brilliant you know he's played in so many different positions you know even since me being there I think he's played in three or four positions um, and he's been fantastic up front for us in recent weeks and he's not the biggest but he uses his body so so well when he chases lost causes um, you know so so Scott Robinson's been a breath of fresh air for us really up front because you know we obviously got Lyndon Dykes went in the summer and it's been difficult to replace him you know fantastic fantastic player I'm not saying Scott Robinson's a Lyndon Dykes but he gives us something else up front without mm-hmm. you know being that big presence but you know he wins his fair share of headers and he doesn't let defenders have a, a minute's piece Regan, your podcast is you're only as good as your last game. So I'm going to ask both uh, of our panellists tonight. Leanne, were you as, you're only as good as your last game. What was your last game then just before the, the shutdown a couple of weeks ago? I think it was Rangers. Absolutely huh? oh. shocking. Hooked after about 50 minutes and beat 5-0. So if that's... <laughs> 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 but listen, you're absolutely spot on. You are only as good as your last game, and that's what you need to remember and see. To be honest, for now, the football stopped, but that for me is a lasting <laughs> thought. Like yeah. that won't, you know what it's like, man. That yeah. will never leave you. Yeah, yeah. See until the minute you're back on that pitch. That's your motivation to, to be better. And as a footballer, you can get caught up in as many cliches as you want. But mm-hmm. um, there's no point in going back. Oh, I do it every weekend. You know, Livingston ten games now unbeaten, ten in a row last night. But 
the last one was the most important one because that's where you take your performance and that's what you analyse moving forward but no thanks for that reminder that, that was good <laughs> and we didn't even know Regan good good point <laughs> uh, Marvin we know your last game at the weekend I was trying to find the points you got six or seven I think uh, were you happy with your last performance yeah yeah I, I was seven happy um, yeah I did, did okay and the team got a positive performance at Celtic Park so you know, that's always the main thing for me um, but yeah that was alright great Regan thanks very much for calling us Okay, thank you, Cheers, thank you. Cheers. Stay safe. Look after yourself. Regan, a Celtic fan, calling there. Uh, well, I see Karl-Heinz Rummenigge, the German giant, was speaking about the Euros and he was suggesting it's going to be in one country. Uh, UEFA then came out to say, no, keep all the host nations ready, 12 of them. It's been a great idea to have it, but this was pre-pandemic. And uh, you wonder now if it is going to happen in 12 countries probably not we know there's a couple of matches for Scotland at Hamden one at Wembley we've loved the thought of it but Marvin we still hope the tournament happens but whether it happens over 12 countries that now looks unlikely yeah 12 countries is going to be a, a huge huge push you know, it's not likely at all but I think the problem then becomes you know with the tickets that have already been sold I know you could get a refund up until recently, um, but what happens with the, you know, the SFA, for instance? They've they've sold X amount of tickets, and you know, they are they are expensive, and you know that they, they, they would make a profit off from it. So if it goes to one country, then what happens with that? Um, you know, a lot of FAs are going to lose a lot, a lot of money. Um, but the, the tournament needs to go ahead. However, we do it, it, it definitely needs to go ahead, especially as you know, obviously Scotland qualified. Yeah. Do you think it will go like the Champions League went last season? You know, over the summer there, one one area and play it over a short period of time. What do you think, Leanne? I think it would be the best way to do it to try and ensure, first and foremost, the safety of the players and you know the staff and everybody that will be involved in the the running of the tournament. I think to even imagine at this stage that you're going to have teams, you know, globe trotting all over. Europe to get from what it's unrealistic you know it was a brilliant idea at the time but could you can you really imagine how bad the timing's been for yeah. that idea to now be in the position that we're in so no listen this is the pinnacle for a lot of players in their career it will never be matched again so as much as there's no fat you know possibly no fans you need to get the tournament played you need to let these players experience it one way you know or another and we're at a stage now as I say there look kind of used to that being the way and as much as it's no ideal and we know how much it means especially Scotland waiting so long but listen it is what it is and um, fingers crossed they can find a solution the vaccine is out there The I see today we're at 300 or 1000 in Scotland the more you know, the merrier. It's so important to get the vaccine out and to keep people well, starting with the you know the oldest and the most vulnerable but uh, when it comes down will it be in time for June when the tournament is it now be, you begin to wonder if it's going to allow fans in and we hope as Leanne says that it goes ahead Marvin it'd, it'd be terrible if it didn't no exactly and you know obviously people talking about the vaccine and stuff but it's not just you know the, the UK that needs to be vaccinated it's the whole of Europe because mm. like you said at this moment in time it's in 12 different countries but it needs to go ahead you know for these players you know I'm assuming now they're beginning to panic you know to think what yeah. what actually is going to happen but can it afford to go ahead without the the ticket sales who knows because you know you've got some really big stadiums that are sold out and it's a lot a lot of money and especially you know in the current climate that we're in you know nobody has any money to spare so can the tournament go ahead without fans i'm not so sure it can't be pushed back again because of the world cup the following year so you know, I don't know where we turn, but I really do hope it does go ahead and we, we just get on with it and, you know, go to one country, as you said, have a bubble and, yeah. and let the players play. I think you'll find a way because I, I know even financially in terms of that and ticket sales, but if you take away a lot of the other external costs that would, you know, be prepping all these mm. other 
parts of the world that if you, you get that one bubble and that one hub and you can limit your costs that way in terms of travel and you know supporting teams to go here there and everywhere and hotels and whatnot and changes of location I think you'd be able to manage the costs and it's not ideal but listen <laughs> it's not like there's no money there that, that can be used to ensure that these sort of moments go ahead and how good would the summer be even mm. just we're on TV you know we are used to that and even to think that a lot of people still won't get summer holidays, you won't get away, but if the football's on and you've got maybe a four-week block where it's literally games upon games and everyone's televised, um, I'm sure we can still make the most of it. Let's hope everyone can get behind the rollout of the vaccine if you can help. I mean, that's what counts. That's what we need. This will be the way through this. We will get through it, but it's taking longer than we thought. Quick break, and then we're back with more after this. The Bull Radio Football Show. Yeah, I'm disappointed, you know, we've got ourselves in front, we're playing very, very well and we've given away two really sort of poor goals from our point of view. And it's another draw and the draws have really damaged us this season, it's been too many. Didn't think we looked too shabby, you know, fitness-wise, you know, I thought we were... I th- I, I, the reaction to going the goal down, and it's a poor goal, I have to say, it's really, really poor from our point of view. The reaction was brilliant, you know, with great chances, Duffer had a great chance with the header. We scored two very good goals, two great finishes, and then I thought we came out second half and looked really strong, and I thought, you know, we should go on and win the game three or four, but you always need that two-goal cushion, really, you know, against any opposition, and it's always difficult here. You know, our record's not great here, and um, again, it's, it's a, a game that's got away from us, unfortunately. Great game, you know, I thought there was a lot of good performance, I thought Elianusi was very good as well. And I thought we, we came out in the second half with, you know, real fortitude and we worked the ball into great areas and we couldn't find the final ball or the finish. You know, we worked with our goalkeeper, you know, made a couple of great saves and we were well on top and for some reason, first attack that we had, you know, was, was switched off. You know, a couple of boys have slipped, maybe the conditions played a part in that, but yeah, I'm bitterly disappointed that we um, didn't win the game. Neil Lennon speaking last night after 2-2 draw at Livingston and we have the Livingston captain with us Marvin Bartley from Glasgow City Leanne Crichton and me Paul Cooney and your calls 0808 17 17 700 a lot of good calls tonight Marvin from a Livy point of view now that you've thought about it were you a bit disappointed not to capitalise on Celtic going to 10 men? Yeah um, definitely obviously there wasn't that long left in the game yeah. so uh, you know there's not really a lot we could have done but you know if you'd offer us a point before the game then you know we'd have been very very happy and, and taken that uh, just touching on what Neil Lennon said mm. there um, Celtic definitely did start the better of the two teams I agree with that um, but you know, once we did get back into the game, that there wasn't another gear from them, and I think that's probably been the problem all season. You know, when teams almost you know start to play back against you, start to hit back against you, can you go up again? And you know, for them, unfortunately for them yesterday, they didn't really have that. And Rangers, as you said, have a system, and that that's what they play. They interchange the players, but uh, you know, he rotates the the squad, but they know the system. Yeah, um, you know, and I spoke to, to to Robbie about Rangers because you know I'm interested in coaching and whatever else. And he said, you know, during pre-season, Steven Gerrard, the the patterns are, are instilled into them every single day. You know, whether they're out on the pitch, you know, physically do, doing them, or they're watching the big screen and he's showing them. You know, every single player knows what's expected from them, and you can see that this season with Rangers. Even partly, you know, last season you could see that uh, with them as well. But you know, they've been they've been fantastic, and as you said, you know. Seeing a team win games is one thing, but seeing them win games in the manner that they have this season and playing the way they have been playing, you can clearly see their philosophy. And, you know, as a neutral, it's obviously going to be great to see. Can Rangers go unbeaten all season, do you think, Leanne? It'd be hard to say no, Mm -hmm. based on the performance, but it's one of those, I think, you know, they've probably not played at their best in the last number of weeks. They've managed to get results. They've managed to 
get a draw uh, against Motherwell at the weekend is it a big ask you know probably I think just on the basis of the the year it is it's hard to see that there won't be any other obstacles for clubs and even in terms of the Covid situation um, and how that can impact you know teams at certain moments but based on, on the form that they've shown over the course um, they certainly could do it you know they're getting the likes of Ryan Jack back I think for the game this weekend he's been a huge miss for them mm. and not just in terms of what, what Ryan Jack offers but I think there's that flexibility to rest and, and freshen up the squad. Look, Stephen Davis, I think, has played more minutes in the last month than they would ever have really wanted him to do, especially at his age. You know, that's tough, and not to say that he's not fit enough to do it, but it's certainly a lot in the legs, especially when you look at that Fir Park pitch uh, on Sunday. You know, it's not great, it's boggy, you, you're, you're a lot out the legs, it takes a lot to recover. So, uh, there's no reason why not, you know, and if they can get players like Alfredo Morelos back scoring goals, which he's he's not been prolific this season, you know, he he's the odd one here and there and looked like he was sparking a bit of form. Uh, then he gets back off the boil again. Roof, you know, kind of a couple of really strong performances. There's just maybe that wee bit of consistency that was there that, that's not, but you, you cannot see them uh, dropping, you know, points for six games. Um, what 14 Paul sure. did you say 14 to go. it would yeah. be incredible it would yeah. be an incredible you know capitulation if that <laughs> yeah, was to happen Celtic's record was 106 points wasn't it in Brendan Rodgers first year so Rangers could get 47 I think I'll double check I wonder if they could make that record this season yeah I think I think in the Rangers camp though the first thing will be let's win the league you know however we do this let's win the league and then once you've won the league then we look at the next thing can we remain unbeaten can we get a record points total um, but I think they have to look at one thing at a time and I think Stephen Gerrard would be very firm with them in saying let's just win the league no matter how it happens because if you start setting targets like let's remain unbeaten let's set point re- points records and you lose a game all of a sudden you feel like failures mm-hmm. now, regardless of the games that have come before it as Leanne says you, you feel only as good as your last game whereas if you're only looking to win the league and you do lose a game and then you know Celtic are 17 points behind you instead of 20 points behind you you think there's still a huge cushion here you know there's no real pressure let's just you know get going again in the next game so if I I was within the Rangers camp that's one thing I'll be saying to him let's just win the league and whatever that takes us on points or unbeaten or whatever else then we'll take that um, you know, with us but the most important thing is we win this league this season and Stephen Gerrard will be desperate to get his first silverware as a manager yeah um, you know, that's the ambition for every manager yeah. and every young coach you know, going into the game can I win something um, and winning it you know, at a massive club like Rangers would be absolutely perfect for him and, and, and what a start to his managerial career been a steep learning curve for him though mm. hasn't it that was you know, tough wasn't it and, and yeah. not to say that he, many managers probably would have really struggled to cope with that pressure but I think based on his career and the environment that he's been within and even being an England internationalist that's went to tournaments with that pressure of you must bring success and, and having to learn from that failure often um, you know it's been huge but I think for him it, it would be incredible for if he could go on and, and win a title so early on in his career you know some managers could manage for 20 years and never win a yeah. title, you know, and have some good seasons and good performances, but just always fall short. So I think for him personally, it would be huge. I think for Rangers, of course, it's going to be huge to stop um, 10 in a row. But at this stage, you know, they're out there, they're in front. It's just whether anybody can take points off them as opposed to, you know, will they win the league? Derek McInnes is out this afternoon talking about the protocols and the league should be involved, I believe he's saying on Sky there. They should be looking at the protocols to make sure that at all the grounds there's sufficient room for uh, the away teams. Because when they come in, you know, the, the normal away dressing room may be massive, but because of the COVID restrictions, people are having to use porta cabins and all the rest. You must see that 
going round the grounds, there must be you know varying conditions. Yeah, um, you know, played at, at one team, and I think we were in five different dressing rooms. You know, but that's that's just where we're at. If you said yeah. to me, you know, would you rather be in five different dressing rooms as a team or be at home not playing? You know, everyone's going to choose five different dressing rooms. Um, and yeah, I, I read the McKinnis stuff, but he doesn't name a team. He just says, you know, I've complained about a couple of them. I didn't think they were right or they could do better. And that's slightly different to, you know, naming and shaming, you know, clubs. Um, but listen, everyone's doing their best. We, we played against one team. Um, and I'm not joking to you, it felt about minus eight within the dressing room. It was absolutely freezing. And there's no ways that was within regulations. Not a chance, you know. And boys were literally shivering. And when we went outside, it was actually warmer outside because... Mm. You know, we'd get changed under a turnstile, so there was, you know, that under a, a state, uh, under the stadium rather. So, you know, there's there's no heat within there. You know, it's it's just concrete surrounded by concrete, and you're absolutely freezing. But and that, that's the thing, though. It's so tough for clubs just now to even find the the, the right facilities and resources. So, right, so like I said, there should be an ongoing review. You know, the, the league should be involved, and they should be looking at things. But should they take for somebody to? You know, throw a, a flippant remark about it and name a few clubs for that to become a thing. So, uh, as I was aware, you know, clubs were having to provide information of what those facilities looked like in terms of showers, which I don't think you're allowed to use, but the changing rooms, the size, the dimensions, how it looks, where the t- the facilities would be, access to toilets, etc., etc. So all that should be reviewed in an ongoing review. Um, but listen, some of the t- these clubs are trying to save money as well so it's like even that with the heating you know there's there's no heating on in facility some clubs that I've been to in the championship I'm not even sure that there's running water going through some of the stadiums and I mean that because they're not getting used the same way they are they're not having to open up stands and facilities they're on a budget um, clubs that have struggled to put on under soil heating um, you know it's a tough tough time so let's help each other let's make sure that everybody's doing everything that they possibly can if you're not happy with something speak to the club you know, make it better as one. Don't try and trip each other up and have people, you know, stumbling. And likewise, that's the way Celtic, I think, they feel. But ultimately, the way the news came out about the trip to Dubai and the photos that, that came from that, there was a, a natural hysteria. But stuff like this, facilities changing rooms, blah, 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 make each other better. Finance is going to be a huge thing. We're running out of time tonight, but I see Kilmarnock are uh, about to ask the Scottish Government for a £1 million loan um, to get them through the season. So... It's going to happen in lots of clubs, isn't it? Because there's very little revenue coming in. Marvin? Yeah, I yep. expect a, a lot of clubs to apply for the same thing. And, you know, Kilmarnock are being upfront and honest, you know, not saying that they have got loads of money. They're, they're saying, yep. listen, we are struggling at this moment in time. Can we have some help? Mm. And they won't be the only ones to do it, you know. Um, and the most important thing is that we, you know, we have 12 clubs at the end of the season in the Premier League. You know, that's the most important thing uh, for me. And football continues. So this weekend, Leanne, the big match, what we're going to see. St. Johnson, Hibs, who are you going for? Hibs for me. Hibs. Yeah, Hibs. Yep. Marvin, do you want to give a view on the other match? Uh, yeah, I think I think Hibs. I think Hibs will just your old, your old club. And Livy against St Mirren. Careful, Leanne. This. Yeah, yeah. Careful. Uh, I genuinely, I can you. see it going all the way right to Pens. Uh-huh. So we yep. take one if it's yeah. Sure. Take the eleventh one. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it will be tight. I think it'll be really, really tight. Yeah, because I mean it's such a huge opportunity for Stop both sitting these on the teams. Fence. So Who are you going with? You better Axel say Livy. Are you? Just because Marv's sitting there, yeah, that would annoy him. <laughs> How could she? Yeah, yeah. That hurt. At least it's honest. <laughs> Listen, we hope it's a great weekend for you uh, and uh, stay safe, everyone. Marvin, great to see you. Will you come back again soon? Yeah, yeah? definitely, definitely, as long as Leanne's not in. <laughs> and Leanne, missing the football, but it's great that as long as it keeps going, then Go Radio will be on every night, Monday to Friday, and we'll see you in the telly as well this weekend. Are you on? I am. I'm up in Arbroath tomorrow night, so I need to get the. Ah. 
the three jackets packed. And What's the, the match tomorrow? Arbroath Dundee. Yeah, because yeah. we saw you. I, I gathered it was Arbroath. I just wondered who the opposition yeah. was. Yeah, we saw you at Queen's Park, no, Queen of the South, the other week. It's a good yeah. game. You know, Arbroath are needing another win, so okay. yeah. see how it goes. And we've got Rangers Ross County in Aberdeen against Motherwell. It's Cy and Barry tomorrow night. Marvin, good luck this weekend. Thank you very much. Good luck, Leanne. We'll see you soon. So stay tuned. Joe Kilday is up after the news at seven. Thanks very much. Take care. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc energy ltd.uk